Street Show. Hi, I'm Bill Allred, and uh, where we uh, it's a show where we talk to uh, presumably interesting people, uh, and uh, we usually do it over a plate of food. However, uh, a plate of food is not here today because we're doing a redo. You usually record at the Daily, 222 uh, South Main Street, which is a fine place to get food, but uh, we're doing a redo of an episode we recorded there that just didn't work out quite right. So we're trying to make it even better and talk to mayoral candidate Stan Penfold. Uh, do you remember what we talked about before? No, but now I'm stressed because we have to do it over and be even better. Well, <laughs> and I have to be interesting. Well, well, that that would be an improvement over the last time we talked, Stan. No, just a just a joke. Uh, by the way, I will warn you, listening to this show, uh, there could be explicit language. It would probably just come from me, not from not from Stan. Uh, Stan is running for mayor of Salt Lake City, and uh, Stan, I uh, when we when we talked before on the, the recording that just didn't work out, I have to say I was pretty impressed. Uh, well, thank you. I was honestly impressed with your with your responses. You have you have things down, I think, as uh, a mayoral candidate. So tell everybody, first of all, uh, let's do a little quick background. You were uh, the head of the Utah AIDS Foundation for... For 20 oh, years. Yeah, I did that for 20 years. Um, I just stepped down in May so that I could run this campaign full-time. And you were on the Salt Lake City Council for how many terms? I served two terms, so eight years on the city council. And, and you were president of the... I was chair of the chair. RDA for three years and then served in council leadership for three years. That's uh, Okay, so uh, why do you want to be mayor now that you know how things work? Because are you suggesting I should know better? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, one of the things I learned when I was on the city council in particular was how much I enjoyed sort of the uh, uh, nitty-gritty of the city. I, I have been uh, described myself, actually, as a bit of a city nerd. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of get into the details. I like the specifics. I like making things happen. I uh, really enjoy bringing smart people together and working on a hard problem. So mm-hmm. uh, that's something I think we've been lacking at the city for a while. First of all, I should compliment you on saying you like the nitty gritty of the city. That was <laughs> that was, that so, was pretty rappy well, of you. I, I wish that were intentional, <laughs> but it wasn't. But, but remember that. It sounds I good. Will. I like the nitty. And then emphasize it next time you say it. I like I the okay. I like the nitty gritty of the city. I like that a little, you know, a yeah. little rhythm there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, it seems to me that what you're what you're really saying to your about yourself is that you're a wonk. Isn't that what they call? Yeah, political I'm, people. Who, yeah, I'm a bit of a wonk, and I, I I think that was something I learned about myself because I didn't want to admit that, or I actually don't think I really realized that until mm-hmm. I got into it. But yeah, I'm a bit of a wonk. You like all the the little nuts and bolts and the pieces and trying to keep it all all together. I do, and I actually like the problem solving part of it. I think that's just a, a part of my personality. I've discovered over the years, I really like problem solving, fixing challenging issues. And so when I get an opportunity to get my hands dirty with something like that, it's kind of exciting. Do you like the political process of it? Do you like having to kind of, you know, be politic and come up with salute, uh, uh, compromises? And do you like the, do you like this uh, uh, process of running for mayor as well? Uh, what I jo- enjoy about running for mayor is actually meeting people. I really do like talking to people. I like talking to people on their doorstep. Um, What I find when canvassing, knocking door to door, Mm -hmm. people are consistently just really pretty friendly and nice and they want to chat and they want to know about the issues. So I I 
really do enjoy mm-hmm. that part of it. It's been a little hot lately, yeah. so that hasn't been so fun. <laughs> uh, you've been out on the str- I can see you getting a little sun. You've yeah. been out, out uh, still campaigning hard while it's hot and under the sun. Uh, you, you know, Salt Lake is a pretty liberal place, uh, all in all. You and they, It's been described by a lot of you candidates I've talked to as a little, a little dot of blue in a sea of red. Uh, but you must come across uh, conservative... Uh, members, uh, 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 dwellers of Salt Lake when you're out campaigning. Are they as receptive to talking to you as the more liberal people? Uh, yeah, I think so. My experience has generally been um, when you uh, talk in Salt Lake City about the issues, we're, we're pretty much a nonpartisan race for mayor and for council. People tend to get focused a little more on the issues than they do the parties. And I actually like that about local politics. We don't generally start with, um, you know, what party affiliation do you have? How However, it's probably the number one question I get. Mm-hmm. Um, we say it's nonpartisan race, and people say, "Well, what party are you? With? Well, are, are you a Democrat, Democrat or a Republican?" Well, what actually, they always say, "Are you a Democrat?" Yeah. Because a Republican's not an option. <laughs> so. Well, in, in Salt Lake, when was the last time there was a Republican mayor of Salt Lake? Do you have any idea? I. Uh, Garn, maybe, probably Garn. I, I, I'll, God, I'll bet yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was a long time, a long ago. time ago. Um, so, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about you personally. Just uh, where were you born, and uh, and what did you study in school? I was born in California. I went to school uh, in landscape horticulture, and that's actually what got me to Utah because uh, I had a focus in garden center management. And when I went to find a job, I couldn't find a job in California because the season was over. So. Mm-hmm. I came to Utah. I worked at Mitchell's Nursery for a couple of years running their garden center and thought I would just do a two-year stint and head back to California. And here I am about 35 years what, later. What, what kept you? Do you know? I mean, um, you know, it, it's it's funny about Utah. It just sort of happens. It kind of grows on you, mm-hmm. I think. And, um, you know, five, 10 years into it, I realized I really liked it here. It's a great place to live. It's really easy to live here. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, it just became home. Still have uh, family in California? I do. I still have my parents in California, so I have to go out a couple times a year to put my toes in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the one thing I do miss. But mm-hmm. when I'm there, I miss the mountains. So it's, yeah. you know. Uh, and uh, you got out of, uh, you obviously got out of landscape uh, uh, architecture or horticulture culture. You still uh, do some gardening, though, I would assume. I do. I, uh, mostly for myself, because um, I found out, I felt a little bit like a doctor at a party when everyone says you're a doctor. I have this pain in my back. Mm-hmm. It was For me, it was I have this spot in my lawn, or my ficus tree keeps dropping leaves, and it's mm-hmm. like, I'm done with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, so, let's go back to uh, politics in Salt Lake City, and what do you think the biggest challenge facing Salt Lake is? I think air quality is a number one issue. It consistently is the top of the list for people I talk to. Uh, they're very concerned about our air quality. They don't think we're doing nearly enough to improve it. And I think people are actually facing those decisions about actually having to leave a place they really love because they can't breathe in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the inland port will affect that. And um, why, why don't you, uh, first of all, explain to people as best you can what the inland port is and how that will would affect air quality and what the problem is with the state and the city and the inland port as quick as i can the inland port's an economic tool it actually is a a zoning kind of a zoning thing you can lay over a piece of property that allows uh, us to import goods from out of the country duty-free right into utah instead of on the ports Mm -hmm. um it would actually be a good um, tool to have for manufacturing jobs. It actually gives some pretty good manufacturing jobs potentially. And then you distribute the goods from here. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. The problem with the state is, uh, I think they came in and they said, we don't like the way Salt Lake City is going. Salt Lake City was having a conversation about being environmentally friendly, protecting wetlands in the area where we're talking about, uh, maybe doing uh, requiring some sort of solar component or net zero construction. But but still going ahead with this idea. Still of going away. It's all it's all private property. It's developing right now. It's going to continue to develop. And uh, the city has the authority uh, through the Constitution to say, here's how we'd like to see it develop. And one of the things we were very concerned about at the city was uh, reducing emissions or even eliminating emissions from mm-hmm. anything that happened out there. The state came in and said, nope, uh-uh, we're, you're moving too slow. We don't care about that. Um, and they introduced some legislation that removed our authority to manage the growth and our authority to collect property taxes out there. Can they do that? Uh, they're trying to. And uh, this, the lawsuit the city has filed says that that is unconstitutional. So that's what we've got to figure out in the courts, whether they overstep their constitutional bounds. They make a pretty good case for uh, an exception for economic development that benefits the whole state. So mm-hmm. it's hard to say how that lawsuit's going to go. I mean, I think they were unconstitutional, but I'm not mm-hmm. a judge. Mm-hmm. So uh, is, that, is that likely to be decided anytime soon? No, I'm, uh, we don't even have the official uh, information yet on the uh, content of the filing. So that'll probably happen this fall. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the timeline is for that, but I do think that lawsuit needs to continue. How does that affect your running for mayor, or does it? Oh, I think it does because one of the uh, one of the critical pieces that's missing in this whole process is that the city basically stepped away from the table with a conversation with the state, and so the state's kind of doing this to the city without the city participating. I think we need to use the lawsuit and any other leverage we can to go back to the state and say, hey, this isn't working for any of us. We want something that benefits all of us and does not pollute our air. And so let's uh, see if we can start over. Kind of screws over the west side a little bit, too, it doesn't totally it? totally screws over the west side. They already have the worst air quality mm-hmm. in the state, and this just aggravates it. Uh, is the lawsuit leverage? Is that what uh, to say, look, look I, I, we don't want to file the laws. We don't want to do this. Let's see if we can come back to some sort of partnership. Because I think if I read this right, the mayor, Jackie Boskupski, has just has just said, well, I don't want to deal with this anymore at all. We're not going to talk to you. And that's kind of the impression I have. And we're just going to sue you. And I think the false impression that's left is if we win the lawsuit, it stops the inland port and all development out mm-hmm. there west of the airport it does not right. um, and so I think I think we need to continue the lawsuit but I also think at the same time we need to go to the state and say hey if you don't want delays which the lawsuit creates uh, let's have a conversation to figure out what's beneficial for all of us and if we can get there we should is, is do you think that they are reasonable that they, they would be reasonable with it? I, I with think the right it, leadership uh, with, with the right leadership, I'm sorry yes. I just put those no, words yeah. in your mouth no uh, no, no no I um, I'm I, I might be crazy optimistic but I do think so. The other thing that's happening right now is, you know, the with the protests that are happening, they can't even have official business. They can't have a public meeting. And um, that's, and I think that's an indicator that people are really pretty pissed mm-hmm. about how yeah. the state went about this. And it was all secret and behind closed doors mm-hmm. and, and no transparency. Um, and I think they're going to have a hard time moving forward. Uh, let's talk uh, quickly about homelessness, if we can. It's a problem. Uh, it's a problem all over the state, but it's particularly particularly evident in Salt Lake where you see the I think you see people from 
around the state who are homeless come to Salt Lake because right. this is where services are. That's right. And about 80% of the people we see downtown are from somewhere in Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best homelessness prevention is trying to keep people where they live right now so they don't have to travel to Salt Lake because they don't have a place to live. And I think that's a really important role for the state that they haven't quite figured out yet is how do you support people uh, having a house in the communities where they come from? Because yeah. um, that's the uh, best option. Um, but yeah, we're seeing people move to the urban center. That's pretty normal all across the country. Uh, we're seeing uh, uh, quite a crisis and uh, our new shelters will open up here this fall. Uh, my big concern is that we're going to see fewer beds in the new shelters. Mm-hmm. And I don't haven't seen a good plan for how we accommodate people in the winter if we have a bad cold snap or uh, a long storm. Yeah. Um, is it, uh, how much is the city, I mean, it stresses the city's services to do it, uh, to have this, how much input does the city have? Um, I think the city has a great opportunity with leadership. When I, when I first got involved with the city as an kind of a neighborhood, uh, aggra- aggravator activist, uh, was when, uh, Palmer DePaulis was mayor and he was, uh, initiating the first homeless center, uh, shelter, which was the road home. Mm-hmm. And he put together a great team of community leaders and partners. They created the road home, which was exactly what we needed at the time. It was about 250 beds and it served us well. I think the city has that same role to play again. We need uh, strong leadership from the mayor's office saying we're going to convene, we're going to work on this. It's a pretty compassionate community mm-hmm. when they have the right leadership that allows people mm-hmm. to come together and problem solve. Uh, one final question for you, Stan Penfold. Um, it's um, uh, you're you're a liberal person, as as all, as are all the rest of the candidates really running for mayor of Salt Lake. Pretty liberal people. Some some more conservative in areas than others. But um, so uh, uh, Donald Trump is not beloved by <laughs> uh, uh, liberals. He's not <laughs> beloved, I think, by most of the voters in Salt Lake City proper. That's probably accurate. Um, so if you're the mayor and he says he's going to come to town to give a, a, a rally, to do one of those rallies or give a big speech or do something. Uh, what is, as a mayor, how do you handle it? Do you do you greet him at the airport? Uh, do you uh, have meetings with him or do you uh, stay away or do you organize a protest against him? Uh, is there an all of the above option? <laughs> e. Well, I want E all of the above. I know you might be able to do some of it all together. <laughs> I, I, that's a tough question, actually. I, I, um, I've, I I have pretty strong personal feelings. I think um, it's probably the ro- responsibility of the role of the mayor to greet visitors uh, to the city. Mm-hmm. And certainly the position of president of the United States is significant. And there's probably a role there to greet. I, I would have a very difficult time sitting down and having a chat. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think people actually chat with him, do they? Doesn't he do all the talking? I think mostly uh, they yeah, listen. Yeah, yeah. and they, he, he does most of the the mm-hmm. <laughs> sound bites. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I'd have a hard time with that. Um, I, I certainly, uh, if there were an opportunity, I don't think there would be, I want to push an agenda, like, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know, Medicaid for all. And uh, <laughs> But I don't think that would go over very well. And yeah. uh, But it would be interesting to be in a little bit of a, a Twitter war after he left. So mm-hmm. I, I think I, that's a badge of honor. So so you would greet him, but then maybe a Twitter war. Yeah, after, like, after I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, Stan Penfold, best of luck. Uh, uh, we'll know who the final two contestants are on what, August 13th? The 13th. evening of the 13th, yeah. yeah. All right, good luck uh, running for mayor of Salt Lake. Nice to see you again. Thank you very much.
uh, well, here we are once again with the, the charming and talented Luz Escamilla. Uh, yeah, you know, I we uh, I mentioned before this is a do-over, um, and because we had a technical glitch and we we spoke before, and I just when the first time I met you, you walk in, you have a huge smile on your face, <laughs> and again, you have a huge smile on thank your face, you. and it's always it's just uh, it's nice to see. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate uh, that. Luz Escamilla running for um, uh, mayor of Salt Lake. It, by the way, I meant to ask you uh, before, or I've wondered, is Luz short for something? No, it's actually my name. Luz is light in Spanish, ah. and it's my first name, and then I have a middle name. Yeah, which is? Maria. Luz Maria Escamilla. That's, that's right. very, that's very <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, running for mayor of Salt Lake City, and uh, play, pleased to have you back again, and uh, let's just go, we'll just cover the same ground, kind of. Why do you want to be the mayor of this city? Um, I'm, well, thank you first for the opportunity to um, you know share a little bit more of my vision for Salt Lake City. These are exciting times, and we are, I, I say that crossroads, I think, for Salt Lake City in terms of our growth. And we have an opportunity to have a smarter, sustainable, and you know responsible growth. And we need to do this in collaboration with the state, with the county. There's opportunities for us to really um, have Salt Lake City grow to what we want to see it and mm-hmm. that, that vision of inclusiveness and the opportunity for all Salt Lake City residents and if we don't do this at the right time I think it could really hurt the future generations we enjoy we love Salt Lake City that's why we live here mm-hmm. but it's also getting difficult to live in Salt Lake City it's very costly from a housing perspective oh, it sure is <clears throat> our air quality <clears throat> which I'm right now struggling with mm-hmm. my asthma since last week um, you know we're all feeling some of those issues that are critical and I think I'm running for mayor because I think it's the right time to get the leader that could really <clears throat> bring all the communities together and really find solutions that are part of our vision and our um, values as Salt Lake City residents, but also can collaborate with players such as the state. You know, you talk about bringing uh, the city together, and um, uh, there is a there is a divide in Salt Lake City, and it's I-15, and it's the west side and the east side, and um, the I think those of us who live on the east side sometimes just don't even I mean we don't we don't think about the west side very often it's another land in a way um uh, how, how can we change that? Uh, that's a great question, and I've been representing for the last 11 years that Northwest Quadrant part of Salt Lake City. Is that like and Rose Park? And, Rose Park, and, Glendale, Poplar Grove, uh, Fair Park, West Point, you know, mm-hmm. all these amazing communities. I live in, in Rose Park, very close to the 215 freeway, so mm-hmm. a couple of minutes away from the airport. You're absolutely right. We have worse air quality, actually, more polluted, and we have um, less... Uh, you know, even stores or small local mm-hmm. businesses don't go there. A lot of fast food chains, but not enough local restaurants that we can go and enjoy other type of, of meals. Mm-hmm. There is also a big disparity when it comes to the grid on in terms of transportation. So if you want to, if I want to take, you know, a public transportation to get to downtown where my office is, it will take me about an hour and, and a half mm. because there's not enough, you know, scheduling and the problem. So you're right. There's this big disparity. And part of what we do is we have to start including all and having the
the conversation at the community level. So what we're what I'm doing in my plan is we talk about taking city hall to neighborhoods. It's really hard to come to downtown, try to find a parking spot in yep. the city building, or pay ten dollars for parking in the library. For many families, that's cost prohibited and is not working. So I'm what we're gonna do is we're gonna take city hall to the neighborhoods. We're gonna actually have those conversations. Have, have of council people. meetings in neighborhoods. Correct, and and have the mayor go to the neighborhoods mm-hmm. and talk and utilize their community councils, which is a great system that mm-hmm. the city has in place, but actually make have more effective outreach to communities through those community councils, other organizations, and also bring some support. If you want to engage the community, it's going to be difficult. People maybe have two to, two jobs just to be able to provide mm-hmm. in, with for their families in Salt Lake. If we don't provide day, child care when we're having those meetings, interpreters for some of our immigrant and refugee communities, it makes it really hard. I want to see a city that's inclusive, that addresses equity. Mm-hmm. So it's not equality, but equity. It's trying to find those historical, you know, disparities that we've had, and make sure that all communities have an opportunity uh, to mm-hmm. to enjoy the quality of life of Salt Lake City. You know, it's funny. It's it, I think almost even more than a cultural boundary. It's that damned highway. Yeah. It. I don't. It. it that sounds odd to say, but it's almost like an, a wall there. I think the cultural differences are maybe secondary to that, and we would learn to we would learn to l- like each other better if if in fact. Uh, uh, this spread, you're there. right. Yeah. I mean, it is hard if you think, oh, let me walk to the west side. And, and, you know, it's actually dangerous. So when we talk about active transportation and mm-hmm. promoting walkable communities, try to think of crossing the freeway, right? Yeah. I mean, it's scary. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, rail, right? Well, yeah, so, where do you go? You go on the viaduct over North Temple or, or from North Temple or or 6 North. Uh, That's it, right? I mean, nine, yeah. 900 maybe, and it's all industrial. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. do we make those walkable communities more inclusive? And I think it, it, it's part of the plan, right? Yeah. It's how do you make this community more integrated? Yeah. And I'm excited to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, you're uh, you, you're not from Salt Lake originally? Correct. Where do you come from? I'm, I'm actually an immigrant to this great nation. Mm-hmm. I came here to Utah. Uh, 22 years ago to pursue mm-hmm. higher education so I came to the University of Utah from Mexico mm-hmm. so I'm um, you know I'm, I'm part of that American dream that you hear so much about and I'm a f- true believer that that's possible and it has done so much for for, for me specifically for my family mm-hmm. so that's how we want to give back this is part of public service is really an opportunity to give back to your community and we're excited to be part of it. Yeah, I think you're, are you like a lot of people you came here intending to get some education and then go back home and yeah I think what my parents sent me probably with that idea, right? Yeah. I mean, let's get uh, some great, high-quality education. I came here as an international student and been through the whole process mm-hmm. to do my adjustments of status all the way to becoming a proud U.S. citizen. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, but you know what, you are your you know, parents like, still in Mexico? No, my parents are here now. They came here. Yeah, actually, so, my dad passed away uh, 11 months ago here in oh, Utah. Sorry, um, out of a, a breathing um, air quality situation, mm-hmm. his, um, you know, um, pulmonary issue mm-hmm. that aggravated here in Salt Lake so you know when I talk about air quality it's obviously very personal to Mm me but yeah now our parents and my brother actually graduated from Stanford came here to BYU so I was at the University of Utah he was at the Mm -hmm. Y Oh well, (laughs) those were interesting (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. conversations Mm -hmm. but uh, then he pursued his PhD from Mm -hmm. um, Stanford high achievers in your family yes well he got the brains and I got the look so I'm okay Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no we're we're, you know my parents are 
are um, they were professors in Mexico universities. Oh. They're both engineers mm-hmm. by trade, but, but more than anything, they they knew that the key to success is education, and that was part of a lot of their framework growing mm-hmm. up is education. And my dad had this big passion for the quality of higher education in this great country, and mm-hmm. he it was his dream. And and I'm just happy to say that I, I know he he's very proud, and and even though he's not here with me, I'm I'm excited to, to do this because it's part of that dream of, of him, I think. What's your dad's name? Juan. Juan. That's lovely. Uh, now let's uh, talk about uh, your background a little bit more. You were in, you, you, I know you work for Zions Bank and have done that for well, 13 years. 13 years. Mm-hmm. And you were in the state legislature. Correct. 11 yeah. years as a state senator. Yeah. So you know how government works. Absolutely. I have a master's in public administration as yeah. well. Uh, what do you think that the city needs to do vis-a-vis the state more, more of? And great question. And the more I listen to and look into the depth of, of the issues we're facing as a city, the more I'm convinced that we we really need to work in collaboration with the state. The state has a vested interest in seeing their capital city succeed. And there's this, you know, this great idea of having, we're very progressive, we're different. You know, we have a lot of Democrats elected in mm-hmm. Salt Lake, and that's probably where you see mo- most of the Democrats, mm-hmm. of course. And I'm one of them. So what you see is, I call it the red, you know, the, the blue dot in the middle of the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of, I think, vested interest of the state. And more importantly, we're, we can't do this alone. We welcome almost twice as much of our population every day to Salt Lake City. And they come here to the business district, which is where we are right now located mm-hmm. in your studio. And, you know, we have um, our higher education institutions. We have Salt Lake Community College, University of Utah. They're all located in Salt Lake City. Our research park, hospitals, multiple hospitals in Salt Lake City. There's no way we can do this alone. Or there's no way the Salt Lake City taxpayers, Salt Lake City residents, taxpayers can handle the infrastructure, the growth, everything alone. We need the state and I'm the the right person to make that happen. I have the relationships. I've passed more than 50 bills in the legislature. I know what it takes to work and put the message and our ideals and our vision across um, a group of individuals that may see things differently, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily disagree. They're, many of them have the same goals. We all want a better quality of life. We just maybe disagree on the process getting us there, but I know I have what it takes to make sure that Salt Lake City has a person, a point person advocating for what we need as a capital city to have this partnership with the state and be successful. Yeah, right now it seems like we're kind of, we're really on the outs with the state, I mean, it's uh, it can't the the state representatives can't stand to be in the same room with the city representatives, and I guess per, pretty much that's that comes from the mayor. She's she she's left meetings or uh, press conferences that that she was supposed to be joint press conferences with. Particularly, I guess the inland port is really just been very divided. It's got yeah. everybody all rankled and upset and and very 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 much at odds. And I I understand why. You understand why? Of course. Um, what can be done to fix that? So a couple of things. One, you need a city council and a mayor that are in the same page and the Salt Lake City legislators together. Mm-hmm. That has never happened. I mean, you we were always trying to defend Salt Lake City, but it was never a collaboration strong enough that we can come as one united voice. A united voice of your legislators, city council, and mayor is a strong voice. Most other municipalities have it, and they're very effective on the Hill. Somehow Salt Lake City left that piece. And I think a lot of it was their own fighting mm-hmm. between city hall and the mayor's office that that wasn't working so 
it's time to change that and I'm excited to do that. Inland Port is the best example of what happens when you don't have that cohesiveness of, of a message. You have all this fighting and things don't get solved and guess who got <laughs> the worst situation is us, the Salt Lake City residents. Mm-hmm. So you have this Inland Port, private property that needs a vision of development and the state said, you know what, city, we're not going to wait. We're going to go and take it over and they took away our tax increment which is how we pay for law enforcement, public safety, uh, fire you know, services, infrastructure, everything. They took all the tax increment and gave it to this new appointed, non-elected governing board, which is the Inland Port Authority. And they also took away the land use authority from the city. So tied the hands of the city, put them in an awful place. And with a vision that doesn't match what we need, which is an emissions-free as much as we can, almost a net zero situation at the Inland Port is the ideal scenario. I know. Uh, that, well, that was one of the state's objections, though. They, right? Correct. They I didn't want to... No, we don't want to mess around with air quality. Correct. We just want to get this done. Correct. And, and I think that's the type of, you know, the vision that you need a leader that's, a, in this case, a mayor that's full-time, you know, it's a strong mayor city in the case of Salt Lake City, that is dedicated to, to, to putting the message of what we need. That air quality is going to affect everyone. It's going to affect the entire state at the end of the day because businesses are not going to want to come to Utah. Tourism is not going to come to Utah when we have that horrible air quality. Mm-hmm. That that information is, by the way, spread across the world, sure. that we have one of the worst air qualities in the world. So, um, again, the, there's ways to get to the state to understand this. There are ways where we electrified what we have in terms of congestion, whether it's rail or vehicles, you know, if, if we're talking about semis, we can electrify it. The investment will be a little bit more expensive, but at the end of the day, the return on investment is going to be higher. So I, we need to, A, continue with the lawsuit. The lawsuit is important. The lawsuit sends a message that the state needs to know how to work in collaboration with municipalities. And yes, the state constitution allows for state government to, when there is a benefit for the whole state to take over, they mm-hmm. could, but that's not what we want. And that's not how we're structured. And we and we don't want to do that. So I think I'm excited to see the, the courts um, come with some findings and hopefully in favor of the city and maybe define that future relationship. But meanwhile, you're not. You can't have a mayor just sitting and waiting for is that anybody, to happen. Is anybody talking to anybody about from I the am. city? Yes. I, I mean, we are. Ta- I mean, there's conversations. I I think there's a lot of happening. For one, is you've seen the reaction of the public and the community where they well, have the been able to have. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not even able to have a meeting. Uh, mm-hmm. Those that that governing board that was appointed, by the way, uh, you know, and they can't function. Mm-hmm. They just hire a new executive director. I'm excited for that. Right. I mean, like now you have someone that could lead on some of these pieces, but there is, I think, a lot of interest in just, hey, let's review what we have. I mean, let's really look at um, does it make sense that Salt Lake City is going to provide all the public safety, uh, law enforcement services and not have a way to pay that? No, no one would do that. I mean, that just makes no sense. How can we get there? We need to have a mayor with a sitting uh, position at that board. And that will happen through legislation. And, you know, we there's already legislators that I'm working with that are in the process of making those changes. And I'm excited to work with them and, and make it happen and make sure Salt Lake City gets the vision that we need in that area. So we have, again, we can protect as much as we can our air quality and their environment and then we 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 will know on august 13th yes. uh, who the f- final two people are that will run for mayor correct uh, it could be it could be luz escamilla uh, uh, it's gonna them. be it's gonna be, <laughs> gonna be one of them thank uh, you one final question for you if uh, uh, i know that uh, all the 
people running pretty much are liberal. Um, and so I asked this question of all of them. If uh, Donald Trump, decidedly not the friend of liberals, uh, was going to make a state visit to uh, Salt Lake City, you as the mayor, would you greet him? Would you stay away? Or would you organize a protest against him? Great question. And I would say, not only is he not a friend of liberals, he definitely is not a friend of a woman of color. That's, <laughs> so, that's definitely so, true. You know, that's on the record. He is yeah. pretty clear how he feels about women like myself. Mm -hmm. And and uh, so I'm not a fan, obviously, of a of, of man that has, mm -hmm. I think, really brought a lot of um, just sadness to, to this country mm -hmm. and divisiveness. So one, I think, as the mayor, and he is the president of the United States, and I respect that office, uh, will do the protocol because there is a process and a protocol when the president of the United States mm -hmm. visits any, any location, any city, any state. I will definitely encourage a protest <laughs> and a peaceful protest that I've been, I participated before mm -hmm. and hopefully um, you know that takes place because it's important that people speak up against bigotry hatred mm -hmm. and divisiveness and I don't think that's what America is about but um, I don't know that we will engage in any conversations because really there's not much we can talk in he probably will ask me to go back from where I came from anyway so, <laughs> and that probably will not go uh, very you, well did you see that woman from uh, she'd been held uh, she'd been uh, just a US citizen no she was an ISIS uh, she'd been uh, held captive by she won the Nobel oh, yeah. Prize you mm -hmm. know and she's sitting there she's standing there trying to tell him her story uh, her mm -hmm. story and he, he he's just not listening he's he half listening he's yeah. just kind of like mm, well, whatever mm. a horror story yeah. yeah about her captivity and yeah. everything yeah. yeah it was so sad uh best of luck to you thank you uh it's been a pleasure to to sit down always with you always a pleasure thank you um and uh we will know on the 13th uh that's it for the let's go eat show Luz Escamilla and uh before that you heard Stan Penfold uh both running for mayor of Salt Lake City uh thanks to uh, The Daily for being one of the uh, sponsors of the show, although we're not recording there today. Uh, 222 South Main Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Um, thank you to Dick Clark for producing the show. Uh, the, um, the Let's Go Eat Show is a co-production of me and Broadway Media. And uh, that's it. Uh, oh, I'm Bill Allred. And remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double. Mm -hmm.